minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
mama bol. in the AM Friday morning broadcast at 91.1 FM 90.1 FM in the Catskills Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial around the world on the web jmtheam.org from the uh, album by Rabbi Benzion Tversky as the extended Tversky family is of course in mourning as is all of Israel it seems uh, after the Jerusalem massacre this week that's Menucha Vesimcha Ari Goldwag with his Menucha Vesimcha off of Amechad Yaakov Shweki who's been announced for the 2015 January 11th Hass concert as the featured performer. We'll speak more about that Tuesday when Ding of Suki and Ding will be in our studio. That's called Kamu Vaneha. Benny Friedman with the medley off of Benehe Chala. Avramel Avram Fried with Bench from Amachaya and Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this November 21st, day 28 in the month of Maracheshvan, the year 5775. Tuf Shanayin. Hey, it's Erev Shabbos told Toldos. Candle lighting at 4.12 on this era of Shabbos. Looking forward to our visit to the young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills this Shabbos. Hope to greet everybody there tonight. Well, bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh is tomorrow night. Rosh Chodesh is Sunday. So we'll start saying Yalav tomorrow night at Mariv. It'll be a one-day Rosh Chodesh Kislev this coming Sunday. 28 degrees, the wind chill at 21, sunshine with a high temperature of 36. And tonight, clear skies, a low of 26 Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature, 42 degrees. Yerushalayim is 73 and raining. We're at uh, 28, de- 28 degrees. Wow. But like I say, thank God we're not suffering like so many people in the northwestern portion of New York State are with those many feet of snow. Thank God we're not in any region of the country that is uh, suffering like that. If you If you are there, if one of our listeners or many of our listeners are in areas that are Literally snowbound at this point. We are thinking of you. What an amazing uh, and incredible weather event. And uh, obviously devastating for those who have to go through it. So our thoughts are with you at this time. And um, and hopefully with the temperatures warming up, Shabbos and Sunday, things will start to improve. Although I'm sure flooding conditions is something that people are worried about in those areas. It's just unbelievable. Malcolm Honeline, just over an hour from now, weekly update. We will not have a weekly update next week, Thanksgiving weekend, so this will give us a chance to really get into a comprehensive discussion about what's happening this week. Um, we'll do all of that 7.40 this morning here at JMNAM. Rabbi Uden scheduled for 8.15. We'll wrap up the week. Naomi Nachman has another amazing show coming up at 9 a.m. in our stream at jmnam.org. She is just uh, putting together one great show after another on the Table for Two program. 
and um, today is no exception. She'll be coming up at uh, 9 o'clock with guests uh, Jay Booksbaum from Royal Wine and Brent Delman, the cheese guy. They'll discuss winter wines and cheeses that pair well together. That is a good show. That's between 9 and 10 this morning, coming up right after JM and the AM on jmtheam.org. And then, of course, our friends at Royal Wines, they make sure that we have an amazing and incredible Erev Shabbos music mix that goes from 10 a.m. all the way until candlelighting time. Lots of amazing Erev Shabbos material uh, at uh, org. Uh, oh, Hell Dinner is Sunday night. Look forward to seeing everybody there. And again, Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills, make sure you're on time tonight because it's a Kalbach davening, a Kalbach davening at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. And I look forward to spending time at the Onig Shabbos with everybody later this evening uh, in Queens, New York. It's JM in the AM, and this comes from Regesh. <laughs>
The brilliant uh, Lenny Solomon. By the way, yesterday I discovered that he'll be uh, coming in for the YU concert. Lenny and Schlockrock will be at the YU concert. I believe it's the 18th of uh, December. Does that make sense? In the middle of Hanukkah? I think so. Thursday night, 18th of December. Benny Friedman, uh, Schlockrock. They had another interesting artist as well. All coming up to Yeshiva University for the big Hanukkah concert. I believe it's right in the middle of Hanukkah on Thursday night. Give you details when we have them. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Toldos. You heard the Moshav band. They did Lachad Odi and Shalom Aleichem. You heard Regesh with Aishas Chayel. Candle lighting at 412. Looking forward to uh, visiting the unusual of Kew Gardens Hills, which begins with a Kalbach davening later today. Looking forward to seeing everybody there later. Tonight's topic is uh, my 30 years in broadcasting, and I'm told that... Um, it will include a Q&A. So get the questions ready. Get the tough questions ready. Hope I, hope I remember most of the details in the last 30 years, frankly. Uh, that'll be a challenge. Rosh Chodesh is Sunday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow on Saturday night. Tomorrow night, we'll start saying Yala V'yavo. Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be one day this coming Sunday, and we're starting to get ready for Hanukkah. Yeah. 
What's better than that? 28 degrees, wind chill at 21 with sunshine and a high temperature of 36. Clear skies tonight, low of 26. Mostly sunny for tomorrow, a high temperature of 42 degrees. Yerushalayim has rain. We're at 28 here in Jersey City. Good morning from JM in the AM. Rabbi Yudin coming up at uh, 8.15 this morning. News from Israel will follow soon, just a couple of minutes. Malcolm Holmline in the weekly update about 40 minutes from now. Talk about the events of this week. What a week. We'll do all that happening uh, about 7.40 this morning here at JM in the AM. Great weekend of programming. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the stream at jmtheam.org. Matis has an amazing show scheduled for Sunday. Rabbi Dov Lippman, who davened Wednesday morning Shacharis at the Rubin Shul in Harno for the massacre took place. He joins Matis on Sunday. Rabbi Dov Lippman is a member of Knesset. As I say, he was there Sunday. He was there Wednesday, rather. He'll be with Matis JM Sunday, this coming Sunday, between 7 and 9 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. By the way, you can follow Matis Weingast. You can follow JM Sunday, both on Facebook, and you'll see details about Matis' plans each week. Also on Sunday, Ziva Kanviser. I hope I pronounced that properly. Ziva Kanviser, author of the book Living Beyond Terrorism, Israeli Stories of Hope, and healing. She is also going to be a guest this coming Sunday with Matis during JM Sunday, jmandtheam.org. So tune in. Everyone always wanted a JM in the AM on Sunday. Now you have it. We actually call it JM Sunday. So tune in. Monday morning on this program, Simcha Leibovich will be here. We'll talk about the World Bible Contest, or I should say the National Bible Contest for the United States, which will send people to Israel for the International Bible Contest on Hanukkah. So Simcha Leibovich is here this coming Monday. We'll talk about that. And uh, plenty more uh, on Monday between 6 and 9 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Has concerts been announced. Ding will visit on Tuesday, and we'll talk about the uh, lineup, which includes, of course, headliner Yaakov Shweki. Should be very cool having him in a full concert performance January the 11th on behalf of Hask at Lincoln Center. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. By the way, I think candle lighting in Yerushalayim is just before 4 o'clock today. So in Yerushalayim, if you're listening, you'll be hearing this program just till Shabbos starts. I believe candle lighting is like 3.59 in Yerushalayim. We're at 4.12. We're calling it for 4.12 candle lighting time on this era of Shabbos as we get ready for Rosh Chodesh Kislev this coming Sunday. Galitzal Israel Army Radio in the background. And Galitzal Israel Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jam and the דליצה על השעה השתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. שר הביטחון משה אלון מתייחס לחשיפת תכנון ההתנגשות בשר החוץ ליברמן ואומר כי לאחרונה נתפסו שלוש חוליות טרור דומות. זה סיכול של חוליה רביעית מאז מאי האחרון של חוליות טרור, בעיקר של חמאס, שהארגון מנסה בעצם להפעיל. ביהודה ושומרון וגם באזור ירושלים. 
במפגש עם ראשי מועצות בקיבוץ עלומים הוסיף שר הביטחון שאבו מאזן אמנם מונע טרור בשטחי הרשות, אך מסית מילולית לאלימות. לאבו מאזן אין אינטרס להפעיל טרור ביהודה ושומרון. אני אגיד יותר מזה, הוא מפוחד מהאפשרות שיהיה טרור ביהודה ושומרון כי הוא מבין שזה יפיל אותו. מצד שני, אי אפשר להתעלם מההסתה שלו במה שקשור להר הבית ולירושלים. מדברי השר יעלון הביא כתבנו רמי שני. בתנועת חמאס מגיבים על תכנון ההתנקשות בליברמן. דובר הארגון סמי אבו זוהרי אמר, אין בידינו מידע על ניסיון ההתנקשות הזה, אך בכל מקרה, מנהיגי הכיבוש שאחראים להרג נשים וילדים הם מטרות לגיטימיות. דברי אבו זוהרי. עימותים בין פלסטינים לכוחות הביטחון בקלנדיה ובחברון, כתבנו עם בל תמיר. בסמוך למחסום בית המרקחת בחברון, מאות פלסטינים מתעמתים עם כוח משמר הגבול. בצה"ל אומרים כי הפלסטינים מיידים אבנים לעבר הכוח שמשיק באמצעים לפיזור הפגנות. בקלנדיה עשרות פלסטינים מיידים אבנים ומשליכים צמיגים בוערים לעבר כוח צה"ל, שמשיק באמצעים לפיזור הפגנות ובירי מרובה רוגר. פלסטיני אחד נפצע ופונה על ידי השר האדום הפלסטיני לטיפול רפואי. מוקדם יותר בירושלים השתתפו אלפי מוסלמים בתפילות בהר הבית. כתבנו יותם ברגר מוסר שלמרות שלא הוגבל גיל המתפללים, לא היו הפרות סדר. ההחלטה של ראש עיריית אשקלון, איתמר שמעוני, להפסיק את עבודתם של פועלים ערבים מסכנת את ענף הבנייה בארץ. כך אומר נשיא התאחדות בוני הארץ, ניסים בובליל. חלק מהפרויקטים האדירים שנבנו במדינת ישראל נבנו על ידי קבלנים ערבים. נוצרים ועובדים ישראלים וההפך. בלי קשר לדת שלהם, לגזע שלהם, כולם עובדים ביחד, כולנו ביחד עבדנו כתף אל כתף ובנינו את מדינת ישראל. מדבריו הביא כתבנו ישי שנרב. אלמונים שפכו חומצה על רכבו של אימם שהזדהה עם קורבנות הפיגוע בירושלים. כתבנו קובי מנדל. רכבו של השייח' סמיר אסיה משמש אימם מסגד אל-ג'זר בעכו העתיקה, הושחת בחומצה בעת שהוכנה ליד ביתו. חוקרי תחנת עכו בודקים בין היתר אם הדבר קשור לאירוע של מפגש ראשי דת בו השתתף השייח' שנערך השבוע בהר נוף בעקבות הטבח בבית הכנסת. ראש עיריית עכו שמעון לנקרי גינה את המעשה בחריפות והביע תקווה שהגורמים הקיצוניים שביצעו את המעשה יטופלו בחומרה. הסקסולוג המוכר שנעצר השבוע בחשד לעבירות מין שוחרר הבוקר למעצר בית. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת שהוא מתכנן לתבוע את המתלוננת בגין תלונת שווא. התחזית, סופות רעמים מוברקים בצפון הארץ במישור החוף ובשפלה. אלה החדשות שעורכת טלי חזקאלי.
צריך מקשר די צודיר. רבה רבה רבה, מבין צריך מקשר די צודיר. רבה רבה רבה, מבין צריך מקשר די צודיר. רבה רבה רבה, מבין צריך מקשר די צודיר.
in the AM. Wow. Quite a selection, huh? Pretty amazing. Yismach Moshe, done by Yankee Lemmer, off of the uh, It Is Shabbos CD. Yehuda Green with Rebbe Rebbe. You heard Yassi Green with Ein Kolokainu off the Yiddish Nachas album. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshas told those. It's candle lighting at 412 later today. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh will be on Sunday. Start saying Yalaviyava tomorrow night. Rosh Chodesh will be a one-day Rosh Chodesh Kislev this coming Sunday. Sunny today with a high of 36. We're at 28 right now. It's JM in the AM. I thank you for tuning in. Uh, the Young Israel of Teaneck has a, a wonderful scholar in residence program for Shabbos. Their adult education program features are by Mayor Goldvich tonight before Mariv on the topic of covenant and Torah. Birchas Hamazon. And Bracha Me'ain Shalosh. Tonight, a shear at 8 o'clock, followed by a dessert reception. Uh, the name of the shear is the key to a return to Yerushalayim Habnuya. Shabbos morning, all three minyanim will enjoy a drusha from Rav Goldvich on coping with the tragedies in Israel and Yerushalayim through Chazal's perspective. And the Shalashudis, learning and making a living, tension or harmony. Admissions free, it's on Perry Lane and Teaneck. A big Shabbos there with scholar and residence of Mayor Goldvicht. Uh, make sure to uh, check it out if you're in Teaneck, New Jersey, for this coming Shabbos. JM in the AM. Looking forward to tonight's Kalbach davening at the Angizul of Kew Gardens Hills. Looking forward to speaking with everyone tonight on my 30 years of broadcasting over at the Angizul of Kew Gardens Hills. I thank everybody Schoenfeld and the entire committee. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody. Special shout-out to Dr. Mark. Special shout-out to uh, uh, the Berkowitz family. Special shout-out to everybody that we'll be seeing later today, Bezrat Hashem. 
very much looking forward to it. Uh, don't forget that we have an amazing weekend of uh, programming on our stream. Naomi Nachman at 9 o'clock this morning, jmintheam.org, is going to be featuring on her Table for Two program, the great Jay Booksbaum, Royal Wines, and the Cheese Guy. And together, Jay and the Cheese Guy are going to be pairing kosher cheeses with kosher wines. So that should be cool. Our Erev Shabbos music mix goes from 10 a.m. until candle lighting time, so make sure to be tuned in all day long to get ready for a wonderful Shabbos. Tomorrow night, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull. That'll be on starting at 10 o'clock. And Matis has two amazing guests on Sunday. On JM Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m., Matis speaks with Ziva Converser, author of the book Living Beyond Terrorism, Israeli Stories of Hope and Healing. Very timely, of course, for this week. And speaking of timely, Rabbi Dov Lipman, member of Knesset, and one of the members of Knesset who was in the Ruben Shul in Harnof on Wednesday morning, the day after the massacre, to show solidarity and leadership. Uh, he will be with Matis also Sunday morning during JM Sunday. So make sure to be tuned in at jmnam.org. Uh, you will enjoy and find, uh, very interesting the program coming up on Sunday. Uh, Ding will be in studio on Tuesday. We'll talk about the Hass concert. It's been announced, of course, that Yaakov Shweki is headlining. So we'll talk about that this coming, uh, Tuesday morning here at JM in the AM. And, um, it's a short week next week. That's right. Uh, well, did not mean to play that one. <laughs> Let's do the one I meant to play. Here we go. Diaspora on the radio at JM in the AM. Um, yes, so plenty of great programming next week. A short week for me next week. But um, we'll be here the entire week with JM in the AM. <laughs> I call you.
Aryeh Kunzler, Mizmor Shirley Omar Shabbos. Before that, Diaspora with Akoyo Ducha here at JMM. A couple of items in our community calendar just to remind everybody. Uh, Hask has their career fair with job opportunities. It's happening in Staten Island. Uh, this Actually, it's in reference to a Hask Center residence opening in Staten Island. Information, if you wanted, it's uh, hr at haskcenter.org, hr at haskcenter.org, or dial 718 718- Five three five nineteen thirty seven seven one eight five three five nineteen thirty seven. Yeshiva University's open house for men is this coming Sunday. Happens up at the Yeshiva University main campus in Washington Heights. Go to yu.edu/admissions for information. yu.edu/admissions. 
slash admissions. The Gat Brothers. We thought they might stop by this morning at JM and the AM. Unfortunately, they can't. These are the two amazing brothers who were a massive hit, not just on Israeli television, but all over the web as well, with their rock and roll classics, with their pay is flying. It was, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing how many people want to go to this event Sunday night. It's happening at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School for the Atid Society. Information, you can contact them in Livingston, New Jersey. And uh, that is one intriguing event, to say the least. Vegas has their reunion concert down in Baltimore with Shlomo Simcha and A.B. Rottenberg. It's happening this Sunday. Information, if you go to our website, you'll see it on the community calendar. Uh, MDS Manhattan Day School has their annual Hanukkah Boutique coming up this Saturday night, 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. tomorrow night at Manhattan Day School on West 75th Street. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the Ohel Dinner on Sunday night, always an inspiring and amazing event. Mazal tov to all the honorees. Congregation Talmud Torah Flatbush tomorrow night with Rabbi Menachem Penner on the topic of Gaza and Geneva civil law casualties from a Torah perspective. That's tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at Congregation Talmud Torah Flatbush, 1305 Coney Island Avenue. Hoops for Hask is tomorrow night, the three-on-three basketball tournament at Frisch. There'll be a special guest, a surprise NBA player. Great prizes, food, live entertainment. Go to camphask.org for information. That's hosted by the Frisch School. The 20th yard site, Kalbach Shabbos in Kumsitz, begins tonight with the great Ben Sion Miller, Rabbi Sam Intrader, uh, who's going to be the special scholar in residence. Shimon Kugel, part of the leading the big Kumsitz tomorrow night at the congregation um, Young Israel Bethel in Borough Park. Go to yibethel.org or 718-435-9020 for information, 718 718- Four three five ninety twenty. Looking forward to tonight, the Kalbach davening at the Unusual of Kew Gardens Hills. Uh, I'll be speaking about my 30 years of broadcasting during the Oneg this evening. Looking forward to greeting everybody in Queens, and I thank uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld and the entire committee for the invitation. The Tribute to Israel concert is 7 p.m. on Sunday night. It's happening at the Queens College Lafrak Concert Hall. The Tribute to Israel concert Happens Sunday at 7 p.m. with many distinguished sponsors, great cantors, including Saul Zim, Raphael Frieder, uh, Natanel Hirschdick, Dr. Mordechai Sobel is coming in to conduct from Israel. It's happening at the Queens College Lafrak Concert Hall this coming Sunday night at 7 p.m. Information at 718-776-3500, 718-776-3500. We mentioned that the Saul Zim is one of the stars of that event. Here he is at JM in the AM.
from the Shabbos with the Werdigers CD. <laughs> Before that, as we get ready for Rosh Chodesh, which begins tomorrow night, one one day Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be on Sunday. That's Ma'ashiv done by Baruch Levine, Cantor Sal Zim with Yismachu as we get ready for that big event at Lafrak Concert Hall Sunday night in Queens. Friday morning, JM and the AM. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our amazing live stream where you can catch Naomi Nachman at 9 o'clock this morning with a brand new edition of Table for Two. And Matis on Sunday is going to feature a couple of great guests, including Rabbi Dove Lipman, who was there Wednesday morning at the Ruben Shul in Har uh, Nof uh, the day after the massacre. Uh, he'll be a guest of Matis is coming Sunday. Catch it all on the stream at jmtheam.org. <clears throat> and a big thank you to our friends at jewishworldreview.com. Erev Shabbos Parshas Toldos, candlelighting at 412 on this Erev Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, it's good to be with you. Appreciate that very much. The massacre, of course, is that's dominant in the news, in the news of the Jewish world this week. Three American citizens among those who were butchered, who were massacred uh, in the shul in Harnof, in Yerushalayim, what did you think of the United States' reaction to the episode? Well, first, as you know, I was in Israel, and I go to the funeral of uh, Rabbi Torsky, uh, although it was very hard to get near the, the huge turnout and masses of people who came and the emotions that uh, were evident there and throughout the city, and in fact, throughout the country, across all sectors, and uh, it's sad that the only time you see this kind of unity is in response to, to the war or to response to this incident, um, but there was, uh, it was something that struck every person, 
uh, and the brutality, the barbaric nature of it, uh, I think really shocked some of the people who perhaps um, only now have come to realize the nature of the enemy that Israel faces and how they have turned this into a religious war. The uh, argument that this is, you know, lone wolf uh, operatives, something that we hear in the United States also, and then inevitably we find out that there was some connection to an imam, to a recruitment, to, to a training camp, to something. Uh, and here it appears that there is a Hamas cell that was trained to make people look like they were uh, independent operatives. There were three Americans who were slaughtered in this massacre. What do you think of the reaction from Washington? So I'm going to come to that. And uh, 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 But I think that the, the, um, well, the reaction of uh, Secretary Kerry was a very strong statement he made in Paris. I think this statement by the president um, uh, was addressed the issue. Um, but there's always the qualifications, and we see it in, in so many ways, about the nature of the incident. We need to see action, and action in this case means holding Abbas and the Palestinian Authority to account. It means that there has to be some sort of a consequence when they continue to engage in the incitement, and it has to be addressed. The, the, even the Security Council issued a condemnation, which was a good statement. Um, but at the same time, when the European Union and others are issuing statements, they're, they're continuing to recognize the PA and to take measures uh, to, to further enhance them. So they're being rewarded for, at the same time, that they continue to engage in the kind of outrageous incitement that leads to these incidents. When Senator Schumer was on here this week, it sounded like even even he was not satisfied with the reaction from Washington. It's outrageous that this is going on and that the White House, again, with three of the people being American citizens, do not react more strongly. We said the same thing at the time of the kidnapping when an American citizen uh, was included in those who were kidnapped and then murdered. Uh, it is just, it, it's outrageous. And uh, the, the, the Kerry statement... You know, it, it, it's, it seems to be just words. The President of the United States makes sure to include a balance in every statement he makes. The fact that he even mentions in the statement that too many Palestinians have died is insane. And, and to recognize the fact, maybe, that now at this point, Malcolm, unless the statistics are off, or unless this viral statistic is, you know, just something that started as a rumor, more American citizens have now been killed in 2014 by Palestinians than by ISIS. Yes, that was that was uh, said this week, and I, I assume somebody, whoever, that somebody did some research in order to, uh, to ascertain that that is correct. The um, and the this attempt always to couch it in, in even-handed terms and to strike a balance and to talk about you know the responsibility of part all parties to come, you know, to, to, to respond as if there is equal guilt or equal responsibility across the board, which is the point I'm making, that the, that the failure to address, not just now, but on an ongoing basis, the issue of incitement, and that there's only lip service paid to it, uh, rather than consequences to it, that the, the, um, the failure to, to uh, demand and to extract a price for, for failure to enhance it will only lead to further actions of these kinds and further continuation of the incitement of the issue, the higher bias of the 
these constant references, and and it was by Abbas himself. He can't say that it's you know people under him or things that he's not responsible for. People who doesn't know, and uh, and the president should have should have uh, cited it and and made the, the specific uh, reference to to that incitement that inevitably leads to people reacting and and being and nothing is more emotional. Then those cries of al is under attack, or you have to cleanse it, or you have to, you know, um, that the Temple Mount's being defiled. These are really serious things. And the, you know, going back to Oslo, when I remember when Dennis Ross admitted that they failed to give sufficient consideration to the whole issue of incitement and the the role of the PA in, in this. The um, reaction of the president to the very well known i mean it's public knowledge across the board that israel likely will destroy homes of families of terrorists right i mean it's not like they don't have warning on this this is a pretty well known fact at this point going back to the beginning of the state and even earlier than that and yet the president of the united states expresses disappointment in that action i think it's outrageous wouldn't it have been sufficient to remain completely silent on that and not come out against israel's uh, proper punishment and reaction to this terrorist attack there is a lot of misunderstanding, I think, about it. I've had people, even people from the community, call me and say, "This is, you know, why is Israel doing it? Why is Israel attacking?" So, first of all, Israel has very limited options to what to do because no matter what action it takes in response, even to this so barbaric attack, uh, and and people don't understand the culture that we're dealing with. If you put these guys in prison, if you kill them. They become martyrs. They become heroes. They get extolled by Abbas and by others. They become. Uh, they get squares named for them. They become role models to to, other, to the next generation. Yeah, but if you don't first. kill, if you don't kill them, they end up well, in, a ter- in a in a in a in a prisoner release at some point in the future. One, one second. But the the people don't understand that the uh, destruction of a house, which doesn't hurt anybody, it doesn't. It it takes toll. On the family is a deterrent. It does of have course. a strong impact culturally more than people in the West realize. And it seems to me that this, of all the punishments possible, is one that they ought to say, this is humane, this doesn't, uh, it, it, it uh, sends a message, and it's a message that's visible to others that were contemplating it, that your family will pay the price. And in that society, that matters. What about funds to the PA? Is there ever going to be American cooperation to finally freeze funds to 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 encourage lawsuits against the PA because of these activities? Well, you may know that the U.S. Uh, court, the Southern District Court, uh, ruled this week that the uh, eleven American, the families of eleven Americans who were killed in terrorist attacks, can go ahead with their lawsuit against the Palestinian Authority and the PLO. It's a billion-dollar lawsuit. And it's been in place since, I think, 2004, and they finally ruled, and they will go to trial in a very short while. This is a, a major breakthrough again, uh, so it does exactly that to, to, to encourage, and there are more and more lawsuits being brought. The, um, and as you know, the, the lawsuit against the Arab Bank and, and others, so it's those directly involved, those who support them, those who help provide the funding, uh, all have to be held uh, to account, and there are measures being proposed, being contemplated by members of Congress right now that would deduct funds 
or, or from the Palestinian Authority, from the money the United States gives. Right, but you need White House cooperation with that, right? And we know that any administration well, probably Congress wouldn't. Congress can do a lot in this regard when it comes to allocation of funds. Now, does it mean that the White House can't can't bypass it or come overcome it? Yes, but remember, with the, in January you have uh, what could be a veto-proof majority, especially on these kind, this issue, that uh, there is a growing um, anger about the role of Abbas. And by the way, it's not just limited to the Congress. It's true in the, amongst many of the Palestinians themselves. And uh, so that, that threat might be much more credible one in uh, two months. Uh, and by the way, it, it may be this will wake everybody up to the fact that um, the enemy doesn't care where the Jews are. They don't want Jews in Israel. I won't even argue yet for a moment if they want Jews anywhere, but certainly not anywhere in Israel. You know, someone, tongue-in-cheek, obviously, but the point is well taken, uh, wrote to me that you know that there are certain people, certain leaders encouraging people not to go to the Temple Mount. We've discussed this a million times. I'm speaking strictly politically. I'm not speaking halakhically. So they said to me, tongue-in-cheek, you know, maybe we should discourage people from going to Shul now you know this also incites terror obviously the arabs don't like the fact that you gather in a shul in northwest jerusalem for morning prayers at, at some point we all have to realize they don't want us anywhere and by the way i saw a newsletter that came out this week a notice from the chove shul in Yushalayim, which you know very well reminding everybody that they have panic buttons inside their two sanctuaries malcolm i know that there's different systems in place and you've uh, you know spoken about it many times and i hope they're effective but i think every synagogue in the u.s and everywhere has to consider that type of installation of a panic button or something where they have immediate contact with the authorities in case a madman walks in. We have pushed this. We have created uh, an, an, an agency scan to help synagogues do prepare. We train people for what happens if a gunman comes in. We, we, we are training uh, schools so that teachers can be, you know, equipped and, and know how to respond on the spot. There are Things. I mean, you can't prevent every attack. You can't guarantee that the, you know, there isn't going to be another lone gunman somewhere, as they call it, or or uh, agent who who will try to penetrate a synagogue, an institution, a school. But you can take prophylactic measures, and it's re- you are right. It's critical. You saw that that uh, there was a rub who told their people to come with guns to shul or to bring their telephones to shul. Yeah. Uh, other measures which. We may not do, but uh, but we can do things that that enable us to have a relationship with the local police, so then you know who to call, when to call um, someone. If God forbid there there is an incident, most people will just panic, and that's right. not the response. You have to to be trained so that you know at a time when your brain may not be functioning fully how to respond to an incident. And, for, and yeah, stay alert during Shona Esrei, I guess. And, and and don't think that just because it happened in Yerushalayim or it happened in Israel that every Jew and anything noticeably Jewish in the world is a target. I mean, we know this. We know this from episodes that have happened here in the United States. We know this from, obviously, things that are going on in Europe. It seems after every Shabbos we hear about another incident that's occurred in some major city in Europe against either a, a, a Jew on the street or against a synagogue. It just uh, It's everywhere, and we and have it to start. hardly gets... You don't even see the reports anymore on a lot of the incidents. It's already become, you know, accepted that this happens. And uh, we're seeing it on our campuses. We see it other places uh, in the United States, let alone what we see in Europe. And the the attacks in Yerushalayim are, are taking place because they know that's the most sensitive place for all of us. And that they can call 
they get more attention than when they carry out an attack in other areas. It doesn't mean that things haven't happened in other areas. Uh, we should also remind people that these are taking place in very limited areas, that life in Israel goes on, that people shouldn't stay away from Israel because of it. It's quite the opposite. People should go. It is still safe. It is still uh, a place where tourists and, and others should visit and, and see the country, that, that it's not a, a siege place. You don't, uh, as I said, I came back yesterday. It, it's not a place where you see police everywhere in isolated areas, and especially the areas where we've had the unrest. You do see an increased presence, but Israel itself is still safe yeah. for people. To oh, see. I agree with you. Israel is safe. My question is, and it's certainly Israel is safer than than other places in the world, including maybe even the U.S. in some ways. My question is, what about here? Are we taking proper precautions and thinking about every noticeably Jewish place here in this country at this point? Because the, uh, we, we said this when the Canadian attack happened. The, it's now in everybody's backyard. It's on our doorstep everywhere. It's unavoidable at this point. Maybe people will realize that you know not traveling to Israel ain't going to solve the problem. That that's uh, absolutely right. And um, you know, there's there is still more security in Israel uh, than you have normally in the streets of uh, any major city in the United States. And if you look at the numbers, the crime rates and things are lower yeah. there than. In, um, in most other places. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Malcolm Honline is with us. Weekly update here at JM in the AM. By the way, the, um, um, the, the, we, we should mention, because I don't want to lose sight of it, uh, as we discuss everything that's going on because of this, uh, Terrible episode in Yerushalayim. I believe yesterday was the 30th anniversary of Jonathan Pollard in prison. Does that make sense? November 21st was is oh, 30 years. Today. So today. Is the 30th, uh, is 30 years. Uh, it's just unbelievable to, to think of, of this in, in miscarriage of justice. Uh, we have uh, tried again, and we're hoping that this year when he's eligible for parole and he will get a hearing, uh, God willing, during the year. Um, that they will come to their senses, and that uh, hopefully even before that, that the president will act on this. And yeah, no question. Keep the pressure on. If I can say something, just if I thought thought about the tourists. You know, there was an interesting thing that came out this week in the midst of all of this horror, that the number of visitors from Muslim countries is shooting up. 125,000 have come from Indonesia, uh, 73 people from Qatar, um, 5,000, um, uh, 13,000 from Egypt over the last few years, 5,000 uh, this year, 23,000 from Malaysia, uh, and isolated other numbers from uh, different countries. And Kuwait announced this year that they would allow people this week, I mean, they would allow people to visit Israel and the PA in some sort of an organized, uh, organized package. So they're not afraid, and they come. I think it should be a message, to, especially now that people go. Uh, you know, we're facing an enemy that has become much more clever. You saw the latest weapon is that they shoot firecrackers. Right. So people's image is that, you know, they're shooting off firecrackers and they explode and they make noise, but that's not what they're doing. They reverse the firecrackers so that the uh, lit end shoots against the soldiers or police. 
and they can do a lot of damage, have done damage. They burn people. They, they, and now they caught this massive shipment with 18,000 firecrackers, uh, 5,500 lasers. I forgot the uh, almost 5,000 uh, tasers and other uh, equipment shipped under the guise of being uh, Christmas decorations. And the uh, and and it, it it shows what their intent is to do to carry this out more and to do things in a way that makes it hard for the Western eyes to look at this and say, well, they're only shooting firecrackers against rubber bullets or against bullets. And that there's always this imbalance in, in, in it. It's not true. These are deadly weapons and that they are clearly organized that you don't get a shipment of two vast containers coming in this way if it isn't an organized act. As long as they keep getting away with it. Strange week to lift all restrictions on the Temple Mount for Friday prayer, no? Again, it's, I think it's a response to the pressure, the things the, the Europeans and others have put on uh, Israel about um, the, and, and, the, and the exploitation by uh, Abbas and others to say that this is changing the status quo. I think it's part of the promise they made to the King of Jordan when the, the Prime Minister went there and, uh, and met with him together with Kerry. About, and as you know, as part of the agreement, that uh, Diane made, they put Jordan in charge of the waqf of the trust that yeah. controls it, and this relationship obviously is very important. You know that in the Jordanian parliament, they uh, they uh, said a prayer in honor of the two killers at the synagogue, and the um, so this is for for the prime minister obviously very sensitive in the relationship with Jordan and with the sanctions and with the the threat of of actions against them. So. Do they hand out candy and sweets as well, like they did in so many other areas? They didn't do that there, but they certainly did in, in uh, the families and the cities where these guys, the village where these guys came from. By the way, maybe this passed me by. Someone said that a, one of the terror organizations actually took responsibility for the attack. The PFLP actually took responsibility for the attack. Uh, they are. They claimed that these guys had an affiliation uh, with them. But, you know, you never know what's true in this, that people do Yeah, it. I would think it's to the enemy's benefit not to identify any group at this point and make everyone in Israel feel that, you know, this could happen randomly without anybody's sanction, which basically it's happening anyway. But there's something more fundamental about this, Nahum, that to me, you know, my reaction, I, I'm almost numb by all of this, that the standard today of beheadings and of physical attacks of this nature, yeah. of a person actually able to take a meat cleaver to somebody else's throat or body or uh, or a knife as the ISIS people did and it's now become the standard in Yemen in Lebanon in Iraq in Syria in uh, in other parts where you have these rebel forces um, and let alone of course ISIS doing it every day and Iran executing people every day uh, often by beheading and hanging but the 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 whole standard and the level of barbarism that we have sunk to, and that that there isn't a revulsion and a, and a repulsion to to this kind of uh, of barbarism. I don't even know another word to talk about the the uh, humanity that this represents, and it becomes the leading recruitment tool that ISIS can get a thousand new recruits a month, and this is the major their major advertisement. It's unbelievable. We'll have to think about this. Back in the Middle Ages. Yes, exactly. Unbelievable. Uh, was there a uh, was there a possibility for Israel to take out Nasrallah this week, and they passed on it? I don't know. 
I mean, I saw the reports too, but I, I don't know. All Israeli leaders at this point are legitimate targets, according to the enemy. I guess it's been like that really for the last many, many decades. But I would guess that security around any high profile or even lower profile Israeli member of Knesset, cabinet member, etc. And obviously, I'm referring to the Lieberman threats. I assume that all those are stepped up at this point. It is, but Lehman's threat was was uh, specific about using an RPG, and uh, it was uncovered. It was there was no actual attack, but uh, it it and I, there was also a threat against um, Ali Shai and some others that uh, got them additional uh, security over the, the last week. But obviously, everyone is a target. When people will ask, well, how can they go and attack Nasrallah? Nasrallah is a war criminal. Of course, well, Nasrallah <laughs> is not some innocent leader, you know, of a of a ragtag group. This guy is has organized the murder and killings, and he is a legitimate target. Spain recognizing a Palestinian state. Does Israel respond in a diplomatic way? Are they, I don't know, taking back ambassadors or doing anything that uh, shows their displeasure with what they've done? Uh, Israel is not going to. I think we call the ambassador, except for some sort of a gesture. But uh, first of all, this, these are not binding resolutions. They are symbolically right. very significant. But the condition of what the government said is that this only can go in effect after negotiations, right. after a process of negotiations and which leads to it, then they will recognize. That was, by the way, the same language that the French government used and others who were adopting these resolutions uh, and they're saying that it's not punitive, and if you look at the nature of the resolution, it's not quite the way it gets reported, because it doesn't it mandate an action right now, and it doesn't have real consequences, except that it's a reward at a time when, when Abbas doesn't uh, uh, negotiate, uh, continues the incitement, which is why I cited it before, because the message is clear that there's no price to pay. So why should he ever really come to the table? Why should he ever take the steps that uh, one would demand of any other leader when he gets rewarded constantly with the additional recognition? And his goal is not to negotiate, but to impose a settlement and to have the United Nations, to have the international community continue to isolate Israel and the threats which proved not to be true about the, that sanctions were being prepared. Uh, Haaretz reported it and does not seem to be true that the Europeans were, but the Europeans keep telling them that about the construction, and if you go ahead with this and if you go ahead with that, uh, and uh, too often just one-sided uh, declarations. Uh, we're not going to speak next week. Uh, there'll be no weekly update next week, but this Monday is November 24th. That date is significant, Malcolm. 24th is the deadline, right? November 24th is very significant. Uh, how significant it will be, we'll only find out. Secretary Kerry went to Geneva. Uh, we met yesterday in Washington with the, the leading experts in this area. The general consensus, I would say, is that there will be an extension, maybe two months, maybe four months. Uh, as you know, the president had promised that in one year that they would resolve this issue. And if if they can't in one year negotiate, what's the point of an extension when you see the lack of cooperation, the lack of transparency, the fact that the IEA does not have access to the military facilities, let alone the missiles and the weaponization, all that which was not covered by the uh, agreement, and the fact that the president sent a letter, which as a tactic is is a mistake, because the more the Iranians see how much they want to deal, the more they're going to 
uh, demand and the less cooperative they're going to be because they feel that the other side is so hungry for it, meaning the U.S. and others, that they will uh, they will try to extract the maximum for them and the minimum that they have to give. And if you don't have dismantling, if you don't have uh, take advantage now of the drop in oil prices, Iran invaded their sovereign fund with by $62 billion. Uh, there are even elements of the Iran Revolutionary Guard that have spoken about the need for a deal because of the economic uh, conditions. But the, the West reaction only it, it emphasizes uh, that the Khamenei's hard line is right. Uh, so we're going to have to see what happens in Vienna. Um, there are three options. One is that we get an extension. Two is that we get a deal that is terrible. And what we've heard about the details that have come out is not a good deal. It's a bad deal. And third is that we get some other deal that we don't know about that they that has been rumored also that they've had a framework already in place and they just have to fill in the details. Congress obviously is very upset. They're looking to extend sanctions. It may have to wait until uh, January, until the new Congress is in place, when we when they can have the majority that's necessary, and they also need a veto-proof majority for, for some of the measures. Um, the administration has a lot of leeway. They don't have to go to Congress for approval, because if you notice, they're not signing and it is an agreement. This is just an understanding between parties, so you don't need uh, congressional approval uh, for it. So this is a very eventful day in uh, November 24th. I mean, we may know today uh, much more, in fact, um, because of the talks that are ongoing in Vienna and whether they will start softening the ground for an extension. And the question is then, what, what kind of sanctions, what price does Iran pay for, for not coming to an agreement? What do we do to, to shore up the Europeans and make sure that they're going to be uh, in line on, on this and and uh, you know the constant meetings with Zarif and the constant uh, discussions doesn't reflect the reality that Iran continues its aggressive actions throughout the region. We saw it in Yemen, as we discussed many times. We saw it today. We see it in, in Syria. We see it all throughout the region. They're working against America's interests, against Western interests. Their violation of human rights. Their barbarics. Their support for many of the barbaric groups that we talked about before. And, uh, you know, that they could declare that for the first time the Shiites control four Arab capitals, Lebanon, Yemen, Syria, and Iraq. For them, they see this all as a massive historic victory that places them in a stronger and stronger position. Reassure me, we, we have had more tenuous times in history, right? Much more tenuous times. And, and you know, I was talking to people who, who were talking about what Israel was like in 19... 19- 48 in 1958, 1960, as compared to where we are today. And that, uh, you know, it, it, there is a confluence of factors, but it's not just directed at Jews. Look how many more Christians are being massacred throughout the year. How many Muslims? 200,000 people plus in Syria. Their own people. And there's no, there's no reaction or minimal reaction uh, to it. Yeah, so there is, sure. a, it, it is a general uh, collapse of the system. And it, it will take many years to repair it. And part of the problem is that there's an absence of American leadership and the role of America in, in the region has changed. And you have all of these other forces at play. And you have Russia now playing, I think, a very counterproductive role in much of this, and uh, in, including undermining uh, the sanctions regime, China certainly. 
and the inability to to rein them in. They 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 all voted for the resolutions initially at the um, at the Security Council, and then on top of that, of course, you have Israel being thrown into the, the threat of a new election. So that also oh, I would think that well, maybe not compared to a week ago. That probably that effort probably has stalled a drop, or you wouldn't agree with that. It, 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 yes, but it, the point is that once you drop, you know the the possibility. Once, yeah, once you, once uh. you get everybody <laughs> in this mode, and everybody was talking about it. Uh. Every meeting I had, you know, came back to this thing. Oh well, if elections, if elections, <laughs> and and it was never intended that elections would be right away. The question is, it would be six months, a year. Until you get it past the, the uh, Knesset, until you get everything in place, and then you need three months' notice, and you you know you can't do it before Pesach. This, this was <laughs> the on summer. To me. <laughs> you know, and then you say, well, the divorce comes in uh, yeah, 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 yeah. summer, and but so, it's not a time when Israel should should have elections. It's a time when no. there has to be more unity, and they have to stand together to have. That's the great. Fight. That's the greatest proof that elections are coming because it's the best time that Israel should be having elections. <laughs> Two quick things before we give you a week off. In a landslide victory, UCLA's resolution passed 8-2 to two among their senators, calling on the University of California to, quote, withdraw investments in securities, endowments, mutual funds, and other monetary instruments with holdings, end quote, in 11 U.S.-based companies linked to the Israeli occupation. Your reaction? This is what we have warned about for how many years on the show, about the BDS movement, and that while it was much stronger in Europe. We saw the increasing evidence of it here. Again, it's not a resolution that has any teeth or that can, has any implementation, but it changes the climate. The more we accept it, the more the idea that Israel alone gets targeted. I don't know if people saw this uh, supposedly funny, but not funny clip, that a short film that was made showing uh, Ami Harwitz at, uh, at a California campus, and he's waves the ISIS flag, and he's supporting ISIS, and everybody walks by, a few people acknowledge him, etc. And he has an Israeli flag, and they're all condemning him and cursing him. And oh, my Israel gosh. As they walk, walk by. Oh. And we see it, but we see it on campuses across the country, which is why we need to inoculate our kids. We've got to educate them younger and younger to explain to them exactly what we are, what we are up against. What the nature of the, uh, you know, the condemnations uh, that continue to come of Israel, or what, for protecting its citizens, for being a democracy, for standing against the, these uh, enemies. You know, you see how Egypt has now cleared a buffer of a kilometer, knocking down all the houses, because they found tunnels that are 800 to 1,000 meters, much longer than they expected, and they said this jeopardizes our security. Yeah. We, we see other countries now waking up and taking uh, uh, steps to, to do it. Israel's by by comparison is uh, is far more for, far, far more li- limited. When the ISIS people steal the aid that's coming in to Syria, that's supposed to go to feed families, and they they steal the money, and the uh, and we begin to fund our own enemies. When when there isn't this kind of recognition, and we look to Iran as a potential partner, it's all of these come together to to, to pose a challenge. But the the, the answer to the challenge is. That we've got to stand together, we've got to have actors in our community, unity in our community, and unity in reaching out to others to, to get them to understand 
what we're what we're up against. Finally, um, and we're, you and I are not always uh, at the greatest comfort level discussing uh, other uh, media outlets, but if people are in fact outraged, as many have indicated they are, with what CNN and maybe others did in reaction to the um, massacre in uh, Yerushalayim, then uh, they should act on it, and you encourage them to go ahead and make those calls, write those emails, etc., etc. I want to encourage. You've got to demand that people do it. I tell people, call me to complain. I say, why are you calling me? Call CNN. Right. When they say six dead, then they'd say, oh, it's not six dead. Four Israelis, two Palestinians killed. First they said at a mosque, then they said at a synagogue. When NPR has descriptions of, of the activities as, as if Israel somehow, you know, uh, inspired and arranged for this, this, these massacres, that the, the level of coverage and the description of uh, of what occurred, and here you had it such a blatant act. There was a lot of sympathetic media, I should acknowledge, and and uh, at least initially, but right away, then it goes back to the even-handed that uh, both sides have, and both sides did this, and both sides did that, and and you made reference to to it coming from governments and, and our own government, and in fact, and it comes from many other sources. You can't have this moral equivalence anymore. This is gives a license to people to kill. Yeah. Future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. We'll speak in two weeks. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Friday morning with candle lighting at 4.12 on this Arab Shabbos Parshas told us. Rosh Chodesh begins tomorrow night. Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be one day uh, on Sunday, tomorrow night and Sunday. And then we'll start uh, heading toward the holiday of Hanukkah, which everybody, thank God, enjoys. Should be a peaceful month of Kislev for everybody. Uh, JM in the AM, I'll uh, see everybody at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills tonight, thanking uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld and the entire committee for including me in their Shabbos, this coming Shabbos. And it begins with a Kalbach davening at the shul um, uh, this afternoon. So we look forward to seeing everybody there. And uh, uh, don't forget, we have amazing programming on our stream all day long. Jay Booksbaum and the Cheese Guy, our, guest, our guests of Naomi Nachman between 9 and 10 this morning on Table for Two. Then, of course, our incredible Erev Shabbos music mix starting at 10 a.m. all the way until candlelighting time. Matis Weingast with a couple of great guests on Sunday, on JM Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time, including her by Dove Lippman, who was there at the site of the massacre in Yerushalayim uh, in the aftermath of the uh, terrorist attack and... Um, and, of course, tomorrow night, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull on our stream at jmnam.org. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Toldos. Parshas Toldos is the parsha which deals with Yitzchak Avinu. But before I get into the parsha, I just want to say how challenging this morning's program is. We are all the Jewish community all over the world reeling with shock and horror as to the atrocity which occurred this past week in Harnov. I want to dedicate our program this morning, the Ilui Nishmos, 
Rav Moshe Tversky, Hashem Yikom Domo, Rabbi Kalman Levine, Hashem Yikom Domo, Aryeh Kupinski, Hashem Yikom Domo, and Avram Shmuel Goldberg, Hashem Yikom Domo. I just want to make mention as well that a fifth victim, police officer Zidane Saif, a Druze, died of his injuries. Unfortunately, as well as a result, he, without a bulletproof vest, ran inside, was one of the first on the scene, ran inside, shot one of the terrorists, but he himself was killed. I want you to know, 12 buses of citizens, residents of Harnov went to his Druze village to be there for his Levaya. In addition, I'd like to pray and wish a refuah shlema for Chaim Michiel ben Malka, Eitan ben Sora, Shmuel Yerucham ben Bela, Avram Shmuel ben Shena, and Aryeh ben Bracha. They should have a refuah shlema. Very difficult, but I'd like to speak about the tragic events and tie it into Parshas Toldos. Let's begin with the theme song of Shabbos, if I can use that. Tonight, we usher in Shabbos, right after L'chod Dodi with Mizmor Shir, Leoma Shabbos, Tehillim 92. Please God, tomorrow morning, during Pesukah de Zimra, Mizmor Shir, Leoma Shabbos. We close the davening tomorrow, Hayom Yom, Shabbos Kodesh, Shabo Hayu Alvim, Beveis Hamigdash, Mizmor Shir, Leoma Shabbos. If you look in Mizmor Shir, Leoma Shabbos, there is not one mention of Shabbos in this psalm. But what you do have in this Tehillim is clearly important values, hashkafa, that the Jew is to absorb. And Shabbos is the day, more than any other, that he has the time to reflect and the Neshama Yaseira to assist him in absorbing these basic traits. And therefore, you don't have to go far. In the third Pasuk, we are taught by Dover HaMelech, Lahagid Babuker Chazdecho Vemunoscho Baleilos, literally, to relate in the Boker, in the morning, your kindness, when the sun is shining, when I see the goodness in front of my eyes, it is relatively easy to give thanks to God for His kindness. But we affirm our emuna, our belief, our bitachon, in the nights, 
meaning when it's dark and I can't understand and I have no explanation and I am so stupefied by that which has occurred I need to draw upon our emuna, our faith our faith that the heavenly computer is never down and there is hashgacha pratis throughout all the time that we don't understand and I'll add the word yet very true but emunoscha balelos I'd like to begin by calling your attention to the very last Baal Haturim in Parshas Chayisora. Chayisora ends with the death of Yishmael. Chayisora tells us the expanse of Yishmael and how does it end? That very last phrase in Chayisara is understood and is translated literally as he expanded and over all his brothers Oscar translates Nafal, he dwelt meaning he had to keep expanding and moving on to his brothers and beyond and beyond because there were so many of them if you look in the Baal HaTurim, the Baal HaTurim says, and I quote the Samachlei Immediately after this verse is the beginning of this week's parsha, the Eila told us Yitzchak. Lomar, it comes to teach us, Kishayipol Yishmael. The word Nafal, as everybody knows in Hebrew, has another meaning. The other meaning is to fall. And therefore, the Balaturim picks up on this and says, Kishayipol Yishmael Biacharis Hayamim. When Yishmael when the Arabs will fall in the end of days, then us, and then Yitzmach ben David, then the Mashiach is going to come, who is from the beginning of the parsha. These are the progeny of Yitzchak ben Avraham. Avram holidus Yitzchak. That refers, says the Balhaturim, as a remez, please God, to the coming of Moshiach. What a powerful idea. In order to help us appreciate this Balaturim, I'm going to remind everyone of the famous Gemara at the very last Amur of Makos, whereby the rabbis, when they saw where from the site and the location of the Beis Hamikdash, Shualim, foxes, came forth. The rabbis started to cry. And Rabbi Akiva started to laugh. Why are you crying? He asked them. Understood, they were able to say. A place where even a non-Kohen, if he were to go, you must. And now look how unfortunately the animals are coming there from. And they asked Rebekiva, so why are you laughing? 
So he reminded them of two prophecies. Of the prophecy of Uriah, who prophesied that Lochem Biglachem Tzion Sodetechoresh that Sion is going to be plowed over, that the Mokom Amikdash, the site of the Holy Temple, is going to be plowed over. That's one prophecy. And then there's the prophecy of the Navi Zachariah, that Od Yeshvu Zekeinim Uzekeinot Berchovos Yerushalayim, that the elderly will be sitting and watching young children play in the streets of Yerushalayim. And Serebi Akiva, until unfortunately the negative, the sad, tragic prophecy was fulfilled, I was only worried about the next one. But now that I see that the prophecy of destruction has been fulfilled, Biyadua, I am convinced, I'm positive, that the prophecy of Zachariah, of the old and the young sitting in the streets of Yerushalayim, will be fulfilled. And the rabbis said, Nicham Akiva Nicham Tonu. Akiva Nicham Tonu. The Balaturim is telling us two prophecies. The prophecy that there will be a time that the Arabs are going to expand as they are today in Europe and they're making the presence known today as never before. But there is a second part to the Balaturim and the Balaturim promises us and it's not coming from him. He lived approximately a thousand years ago. It's coming from the Yalkut Shimoni a thousand years before that. That our rabbis teach us that when you see Yishmael in this state of Nafal, Demunascha Balelos. What is the first emuna that we are to hold on to is that Ben David is Ba. Please God, there will be an end to all these sorrows. I'd like to urge that you take to the table tonight your Tehillim and turn to Tehillim Kuf Tes 109. And there I'd like you to go to Pasuk 4. And you'll read the first few psukim, and you'll see the political environment in which we are living today, as if David HaMelech was writing this today. But then go to Pasuk 4. And what does David say? Tachas ahavasi yistununi. In return for my love... Yistununi, they accuse me and they hate me. And my response is, Vanisfila, but I still am who I am, the man of prayer. Ideally, prayer. And what is going on here? So the rabbis tell us this refers, number one, to Sukkot. The Jewish people over Sukkot bring 70 korbanos for the 70 umos ha'olam, the nations of the world. And even though we bring the korbanos for them, they don't appreciate it. Tachas ha'avasi yistununi. They hate us anyway. And therefore, vanis I take comfort in Shmini Atzeres, 
in that special relationship that I have with God. What do we find in Parshas Toldos? Parshas Toldos, and remember the Torah is not a storybook. And when the Torah does give us various narratives, there's a reason for it. So when the Torah says that Yitzchak, in chapter 26, in Pasuk 18, the Torah says, and for time's sake, I'll read just the English, and Yitzchak dug anew the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of his father Avram, and the Philistines had stopped them up after Avram's death, and he called them by the same names that his father had called them. Amazing! Yitzchak digs wells. The wells are not just for him and his animals. The wells are for everybody. However, what does he do? Like his father did. Rabbeinu Bachayu explains that Avraham and Yitzchak afterwards called the wells by giving it a characteristic of God so that every parent who said to their child, go to the well, they'd say, go to the well of the living God. So Avraham and Yitzchak were teaching monotheism through the wells. And even though the local people needed the water, they cut their nose to spite their faces, namely their hatred for Yitzchak was more powerful than their need for water. And they hurt themselves only to hurt Yitzchak. And this is not only that the Torah is showing us the first stark example of anti-Semitism, but this is precisely what we're seeing in Eretz Yisrael. How Tachas Ahavasi, look what we haven't done for them in terms of giving them not just the basics, Water, electricity, housing, dignity, education, giving them so much, and tachasahavasi. What do they do? Yistinuni. And therefore, va'ani. David tells us that we, as challenging as it is, have to remain anisvila. We have to be people of prayer. We have to realize that when such a tzara happens to the Jewish people, it is a calling for a time of introspection. Each and every one of us can, in their own way, generate and make this world a little bit better to unfortunately make up for that which is lost by these very special Kedoshim who gave of their very essence pious individuals, scholarly individuals, individuals who love Torah, who love the Jewish people, who love the land of Israel. We, through our Torah, through our care in tefillah. They were struck down while they were davening. And they were davening a longer Shmona Esrei. May we be privileged to spend an additional minute or more with our Shmona Esrei. And I heard from an Adam Gadol who told it in the name of the Chafetz Chaim. Just think about this. Ideally, 
every bracha that you make in the Shemona Esrei, Baruch Hashem, pause for one, literally two seconds, and say to yourself, what am I about to say now? Morgain Avraham. What does that mean? It means that God has a personal rapport and protects the Jewish people. Baruch Hashem, stop. Hokeil HaKadosh. Each and every bracha, pause, anisvila, and therefore, the lesson was certainly a lesson that we must take away from the tragic events of this past week as we go into Shabbos, is to remind ourselves, lahagid baboker chazdecha veemunascha baleilos. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Friday morning broadcast on this era of Shabbos. Ari Goldwag with Curry Bonolam. Rabbi Wasser just called me with great news. A couple of weeks back, uh, he and his wife and the Fink family celebrated the birth of twin granddaughters, Mazal Tov, to Batsheva and Shmuel Fink. Esther and Rizi are the names of the uh, the brand new twins. Wow! Yeah, good week to announce twins. That's right, twins in this week's parsha. <laughs> uh, so Mazal Tov from all of us here at JMM. Reminder in the Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, where are we here? Teaneck, New Jersey. Here we go. Uh, Rabbi Goldwick's going to be speaking at the Young Israel of Teaneck. He has a whole Shabbos of, um, of wonderful shiurim, including tonight on Covenant and Torah, Birchas Hamazon. Uh, that's, uh, before Marev. At 8 o'clock tonight, the key to a return to Yerushalayim Habnuya. Shabbos morning, Drusha and all three minyanim on coping with the tragedies in Israel. 
through Chazal's perspective. And Shabbos afternoon, Shalosh Shudas, on learning and making a living, tension or harmony. All the young Israel of Tinek this Shabbos. Enjoy. Rav Goldwicht is amazing. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Uh, that's coming up this Shabbos in um, in Tinek. Looking forward to my visit to the young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. It begins with a Kalbach davening tonight. And then at the Oneg, I get to speak about my 30 years in broadcasting. That might take the whole Shabbos. <laughs> I'll try to, try to stop at some point. Should we start with year one and just keep going? A lot of stuff happened in year one. Um, so that happens uh, at the Young Israel of Kew Garden and Souls. And my thanks of, again to Rabbi Schoenfeld and the entire committee for inviting me there. Naomi Nachman coming up with Table for Two. She's got the cheese guy and she's got Jay Booksbound. We'll be pairing cheese and wine between 9 and 10 this morning. Right after JM and the AM. And the video will be up. The video of the actual show will be up at... Uh, at NahumSiegel.com, so you can check that out. A lot of events this weekend. We'll see everybody at the Ohel Dinner on Sunday night. I remind you the tribute to Israel concert with Saul Zim, Rafael Frieder, Natanel Hirschdick, Dr. Mordechai Sobel happens this coming Sunday at the Lafrak Concert Hall in Queens College. Starts at 7 p.m. Phone number is 718-776-3500. 718-776-3500. Last-minute reservations for tonight's... Uh, Kalbach Davening with Ben Sion Miller, which is followed by a Friday night dinner uh, with uh, Chazen Miller, with Rabbi Sam Intrader, and everybody at uh, Bethel in Borough Park, uh, 718-435-9020, 718-435-9020. Tomorrow night, Hoops for Hask, the three-on-three basketball tournament happens at the Frisch School. Go to camphask.org. A reminder, tomorrow night is the Sinai RYNJ um, uh, auction uh, taking place at the um, at Congregation Keter Torah, Romer Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. That happens tomorrow night. Congregation Talmud Torah Flatbush has Rabbi Menachem Penner, 8 p.m. tomorrow night on Gaza and Geneva, civil law casualties from a Torah perspective. Manhattan Day School has their big annual Hanukkah boutique tomorrow night starting at 8 p.m. A lot of great events. <laughs> I'll tell you, people could be shuttling all night long tomorrow night with all the things going on. Um, the Yeshiva University's open house happens this Sunday, as we mentioned, uh, for men up at the uh, Yeshiva University Washington Heights campus. Got a note from, uh, got a note from the student leadership of Yeshiva University. They're hosting a rally in solidarity for Israel in response to the tragedies and terror that have been occurring. Again, this comes from Yeshiva University leadership. The goal is to create a peaceful space for solidarity, prayer, and unity in support of Israel. It will happen this Sunday at 5.30 p.m. on the last day of Shiva for those who were murdered Tuesday morning. It'll take place in Times Square across from the Marriott Hotel. This should be very interesting. Kalakavod, YU students. I know how many people have been utilizing Times Square for the uh, for protest rallies and gatherings for the quote unquote other side. Kalakavod, that you'll be there. It's across from the Marriott, Broadway, between 46th and 47th in New York City. Uh, there'll be a sound system set up, so everyone will be able to participate in the communal prayers and the singing. The rally is open to everybody. The speakers at the rally will be two student leaders. Rabbi Brander will be there as well, speaking to the crowd. If you're able to be there, it's 5.30 this coming Sunday. Join Yeshiva University leadership 
for solidarity, prayer, and unity in support of Israel. Times Square. They're brave enough. They're not afraid to go out there in the center of the world and make a statement about Israel. Uh, Times Square crossing the Marriott, Broadway between 46th and 47th Streets in New York City. And finally, uh, I spoke to Yigal Siegel, who's about to start uh, Shabbos in Yerushalayim. I've mentioned a hundred times this week that he used to live at Rehov Agassi number 6. The shul, of course, Rehov Agassi number 5, and he's davened there hundreds of times. I've been there uh, 20, 30 times. And, uh, and he knew every victim and knows every family that uh, was affected this week and who lost a loved one this week. And he tells me that he spoke to the Shliach Tzibor. He spoke to the person who was leading the prayer service Tuesday morning Shacharis in that shul, in the Reuben shul across the street from his old house. And they were discussing exactly what they were up to when the terrorist attack began. And the Shliach Tzibor was a former member of the IDF and was very familiar with the sound of gunshots. So when he heard what he heard, everything stopped abruptly. And he was able to escape, thank God. And the words that were last said, the last words said as that attack began, the beginning of Chazar Sashatz, Lama'an Shmo Ba'ahava. Lama'an Shmo Ba'ahava. It is time to say good Shabbos. This is JM in the AM. Special blessing on
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And that wraps up another incredible week here at JMTheam. Naomi Nachman is next, jmtheam.org with table for two. Matis on Sunday will include her by Dove Lippman, member of Knesset, who was there Wednesday morning in the aftermath of the massacre in the shul in Harnof. Uh, in his program, he has another great interview as well with a wonderful author. That's all happening between 7 and 9 a.m. on Sunday. We're back here on Monday. We'll talk about the uh, national, International Bible Contest and plenty more. Tuesday, we'll get into details about the Haas concert. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Look forward to seeing everybody at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills until... Monday morning, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.